Thanks for listening to this Word in Your Ear podcast. If you'd like to get early access to all our productions ad-free, priority booking for our live events, and to take part in our weekly quiz, go to patreon.com slash wordinyourear for more details. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. You're listening to a podcast from The Word. So last night I went to a carol service. Uh, I was uh, helping out the good lady wife, who's a teacher, and uh, a bunch of her children were involved in this very extraordinary carol service in Chelsea, uh, where I had to go and help marshal the girls into the, into the church and so forth. It was a star-studded benefit carol service for a charity called uh, the Princess Foundation for Children and the Arts. Okay. So we're going to this very, very splendid... Where is this going? This is a fabulous old church in Sloan, uh, in Sloan Street uh, in Chelsea um, called Holy Trinity, which is oh, known as the Arts and Crafts Church. Yeah. Apparently, John Betjeman named it as such. So we go in this place. Classic venue. Amazing venue. You know, we shuffled past security, me at the back of a crocodile of girls going, I'm with the band, you know. <laughs> in, in we go... And it's very beautifully decked out, and it's all the parents in all the finery, and, you know, and sprinkled amongst them are kind of stars and classical music. You know, people, if, if I listen to classic FM all the time, I'd, I'd, I'd be enormously impressed, you know, and they were all terrible. They were terribly good. I didn't particularly recognise the musicians, but, and here's the point, I did recognise the star readers of the Christmas stories that, like were, that were peppering you know, the yeah. whole thing. So... The girls are shuffled to the front of the place. They're put in their, put in their position, ready to sing, and they, they face out to the audience. And they're on the front row of the audience, only about three feet away from these girls, are the celebrity storytellers. Foremost among whom is a person who just makes them all... They're, 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 their mouths just drop open. Because it's a boy. It's a boy. And it's Not some, Dan Stevens from Downton Abbey. I've ruined the story tonight. No. I wouldn't, uh, uh, dear Dan Stevens, I, I wouldn't be building Small up this fry. story for Dan Small Stevens. Small okay. Okay. Well, I, I don't want to, you know. They're, they're looking at somebody who's loomed very large in their young lives since they can remember. Brian right. Blessed. Hold on. It's <laughs> <laughs> six and six, is that the joke? That's very good. It's loomed very large in their, in their lives since they were young. And is also, arguably, Britain's biggest film star. Okay. Ooh. 
who, who has grossed more money well, for a British film than anybody. Must be Granty. No, no. I'm talking, oh, about, I'm, talking about, I'm talking about somebody who's bigger than Hugh Grant. Radcliffe. I'm talking the about Rowan Atkinson. Oh, oh my lord. And so to see a bunch of 10-year-old girls suddenly confronted by three feet away, Rowan Atkinson. Sure, they're being confronted by Mr Bean. They are seeing Mr Bean. They are seeing... his prayer book. They are seeing Blackadder, you know. Yeah. And, and I'm not far away, so I'm just off to one side. I've seen a vicar also saying uh, the father, son and the holy goat. Yes. Uh, doesn't yeah. it appear in, was it, a Hugh Grant film? Yeah. Oh, very broadly, Yes. And uh, and so they can barely concentrate on the singing because they're just looking at Rowan Atkinson. And I realise after a while I'm looking at Rowan Atkinson as well. Because here's the funny thing, and I, I'm thinking about well, for these girls, he's just been an absolute omnipresence in their lives. Yeah. You know, since they were absolutely tiny. That's the definition of humour. It is is Rowan Atkinson. And so it's for like us. It's it's sitting three feet away from Tommy Cooper. Eric Morecambe, yeah. Spike Milligan, yeah, whatever, right, exactly. all put together. And here's the odd thing. I felt great sympathy with Lerone Atkinson because I watched him all through the service. I'm very near to him. There is no way that Rowan Atkinson can arrange his features in a way that isn't funny. That isn't funny. It's just simply... No, because he he's can't do everything. it. Because, and a lot of it's just poker face. Yeah. But you've laughed so much yeah. at that poker face that you look at that poker face and you can hear in your head no, it's, it's, all the lines that, that, that have come from that po- poker when face. When he calls the poker face, it indicates that in about three seconds, some <laughs> twisted gnomic <laughs> pronouncement is going to come out. And also, the other thing about him is he's, not, he's, he's a comedian right across the spectrum, isn't he? Because he's also a slapstick physical comedian, isn't he? So even when he, when every, when every movement is also going to be funny. Well, this is why, you know, why I say he's arguably Britain's biggest out. film star, because, yeah. you know, the Bean films were, you know, the yeah. things that are shown in rural China, yeah. you know, in a place that Four Weddings and a Funeral doesn't go, you know, because it's... it's and they, it's they don't even rely on lines. That's all about the face. It's completely about the face. So it's like... I suppose it's like sitting near Charlie Chaplin. Dan Stevens of Downton Abbey blown out of the water. So, I can't even begin to think about it. And then, he, you know, I'm looking at the order of service, and, you know, they've got all the carols, and then in between they've got, they've got readings and from kind of Christmassy tales or whatever. And they have Alistair McGowan, the, um, the uh, impressionist. It's funny man. <laughs> they call him. <laughs> who gets up and does a Christmas reading from Adrian Mull, which is kind of all right. And Ronnie Ancona, who's another, um, you know, impressionist, yeah. she gets up and reads, does a, she do it reads a Charles poem. Well, no, she does it very really straightforward. Right, yeah. And then Rowan Atkinson gets up and does quite a long reading from Just William's Christmas oh, by Richmond Crompton, oh, which I know is very close to your heart. But it's, but it's a, it's a very difficult business because this is territory that's been so staked out in the last... 20 years by Martin Jarvis, hasn't it? it Martin Jarvis effectively owns... He owns just it. You can't it. imagine the sound of, uh, of uh, the Hubert <laughs> Lanites when not done by him. And Atkinson gets up on the pulpit, quite high up, you know, and he's just above me, and he does quite a long... It must be 10 minutes. He was brilliant. He was just brilliant. And he was doing it, obviously, for charity. He was doing it for free. He's a patron of the charity or whatever. He's, he's involved with it. But you, looked, you listened to it, you thought, you've rehearsed this. Boy, you've rehearsed this. You've sat there and you've done it again and again and again to make sure you you've got memory. You've got no, you didn't. It's a long yeah. piece, really long piece. And uh, 
you know, the, with the voices of, you know, William and the inevitable girlfriend or potential girlfriend, the kind of Violet Elizabeth Bott figure. Did he or do them like uh, uh, did, Jarvis? No, not quite like Jarvis. He did his own adaptation yeah. of the thing, but it worked perfectly well. It was brilliantly done. I'll scream, I'll scream till I'm Because <laughs> no, I can. Yeah, she wasn't actually <laughs> in it. But uh, so, you know, so he's, he's, I don't want to be uncharitable in any way, but he's, he's a bit of a step up in terms of quality from Alastair McGowan, you know. Alistair McGowan, you know, human voice is, you know, in his case, it's like a, it's a small harmonica, you know. Yeah, yeah. Rowan Atkinson, it's Huge like church organ, cathedral <laughs> organ. <laughs> ro- ro- okay, it's it's it's. Let's say it's a you know it's it's a Hammond organ. Okay, yeah. but at the end, up comes the Albert Hall organ with all the stops pulled out in the shape of Brian the already mentioned <laughs> Brian Blessing. Oh, <laughs> Right. Sir, I've never met Great. you before. Oh, yeah. <laughs> How did I know? How did you do that? that, Adam? <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> nowhere. Brian Blessed was the final act who got up and did the night before Christmas. With the richest and deepest Dundee cake of the night. Just <laughs> extraordinary. You felt the whole place just vibrate. You know. Things were moving in the yeah. cathedral that hadn't moved in yeah, years. You right. know. Roof tiles. <laughs> pigeons. Roof tiles. <laughs> High notes, low notes, absolutely everything in between was going. He was just sensational. <laughs> and when he finished... And you all know the poem, I can't remember who wrote it, you know, this great Victorian poem about the night before Christmas where Santa arrives, you know. No, well, nothing was moving, not even a ghost. Yeah, absolutely. No, no, so is, is that the one? Yes, nothing was, was yes. before Christmas. And away he flew like the down on the thistle. Oh, yeah, it's usually in the famous Tom and, and Jerry episode, isn't it? And yeah. it finishes with, and I heard it as he departed, Merry Christmas to all and to all the good night. And Blessed had worked it out so much that as he said the final line, he was reversing down the steps out of the pulpit from <laughs> really? you, no longer requiring the microphone. Just the whole place filled with the oh. sound. Merry Christmas to all... Just the sound of Rowan Atkinson it, weeping in a corner. So, no. <laughs> a broken man. No, Atkinson had done very well. But it was really interesting to watch all the performers watching the other performers. Because they, they're not generous. No. No, they're just not... They want to be the best. Of course they do. Even they're doing it for free and they're doing it out of the best possible motives. They want to be the yeah. best. They want to be the one you remember. Steely most. green after the <laughs> brisk handshake. <laughs> Spit on their heels and so, so that's my uh, that's, that is a that's, that's my carol service. You know, so the rest of Christmas is going to have to go some. Yeah, to, it's be to, to, uh, we started with Fraser's party tonight. You know, it, absolutely. Fraser's been cooking. Oh, I have around yes. the clock, haven't you? I've had two terrines. It's Fraser's birthday, incidentally, uh, viewers. Uh, no, it's not. D- isn't it? No. When is it? <laughs> April. Like, when are you going to have No. Oh, what am I going to do with this bloody you know electric kettle? <laughs> <laughs> He's still happily accepted. Duvet cover. <laughs> so then, uh, after that, I went straight to Radio 3 yeah. to be on, which I've never been on before, to be on Night Waves, which is Radio 3's arts programme, where I was discussing with uh, Tom Service from The Guardian uh, this question of, which we've discussed in pa- podcasts in the past, of, of what, at what age do creative do musicians or composers peak? Oh, yeah. So they, there is a radio nightways have been doing a whole thing about when people have their creative peaks and whatever. And so um, 
he was kind of talking about, ex- you know, examples in the classical fraternity, and I was talking about examples in the rock fraternity, and I was forced to conclude that just about everybody picks from the 24, don't they? You know? Oh, go on, give, give well, us a clue. Well, it, just in the sense that, you know, if you, if you go back and you, you look at the body of a, a, of a rock act's work, most of the stuff that's closest to our hearts, that resounds the most, is just done very early, isn't it? And it's very difficult for them to do anything afterwards that is anything like the equal of the quality and also has anything like the place in our hearts. That's, you know, I suppose that's the dimension to it that, that isn't the same in classical music. Because, you know, the great classical canon, you haven't heard as it came out, no. as it was written, as it unfolded. You know, so, you know, if you... The, the, the really interesting example that he, he raised, and I was not aware of this, that Verdi wrote some of his most remarkable operas in his 80s. That's true. Which is astonishing, because yeah. very few people lived to their 80s yeah. you know, in, the, in the 19th century. But uh, you can't imagine any rock acts, can you? So why still you doing their best work in their 70s and their 80s. But is that then because... There must be, there must be some reason for that. That's a good point, because you could go through and find what you would generally consider to be the greatest performance by a load of people work out if they were all age 24, because they might have been. Because I always felt the one John Lennon's an interesting example, though he had a very long creative peak. But I would say, and this may be controversial, he never wrote a decent song after the Beatles broke up. I can't even bear to listen to his music. <laughs> I cannot stand it. Whereas when he was 24, extraordinary, because you're at that moment where there's still a bit of innocence, but there isn't such an overwhelming quantity of experience that it's made the whole thing dour, uh, regretful... Um, Shrugging and apologetic. There's it, still, there's still something to play for. Is there any doubt a part of it? A doubt in a person's own ability? I think might come Possibly. Into it. Just you're fearless when you're 24, and maybe at 27. There's, there's a bit of, there's a bit of a parallel with sport here, isn't there? Yeah. That the players always play at their best. Rugby players, football players, before their first major injury. Yes. And after the first major injury, they never play with quite the same freedom again because they know it can happen. Whereas you, before it's happened, they have no awareness, yeah. really, at all, that things can go badly wrong. That's if true. You, it's like playing if you're 24, a... you've got nothing to keep. It's like playing before you get your first... before you get a yellow card. Because <laughs> then there's that idea that you've... Some of you, some of the stuffing has been taken out, I guess. Yeah, well, you know, if, if, you, if you're a rock act making your first records at the age of 24, 25 or whatever, you've got nothing to defend, nothing to lose at all. You know, it's all just a, a great surge forward. Let's grab this moment, isn't it? You know, let's get it with both hands. As soon as all that stuff's achieved, you've got something to lose. And you've suddenly got something to look back on, and the thing that you look back on very often haunts you. You it know does. what I mean? Yeah, it does. I'm trying to think that Ray Davis is really good, because it was either side of 24 that he wrote his 17 great consecutive songs. And I don't think before that was any good, and before it's terrible to say, but afterwards I think it's been slightly disappointing. <laughs> but he did write 17 songs between the age of about 18 to 27, I think, which are absolutely peerless. Just phenomenal, just an incredible See, I just B-side, just incredible B-side. I picked 24, you know, not scientifically at all, no. just I thought that sounds right, around about the right time that people do their first work, and their first work is generally their best work. You know, the... the case that we've discussed in the past that I always quote is Brian Wilson, you know, who must have been about 24, 25 when he, when he did um, Pet Sounds and so forth, you know. And it's a really short period of time that people are actually creating. But that's not by his first work, though, isn't it? Surely it's, no, it's okay, but the third work. First... When you, you, when you, when you oh, know how no, to do okay. it, when you know how to actually execute yeah, it, yeah. 
but you've also got something to say. You've grown into the person you imagined you were going to be when you were yeah, 17. Yeah. You actually are that person. Yeah, yeah. We were talking about this in the office the other day, and you you uh, you argued uh, the contrary. I have, I have a theory. It's not one I, I know actually it's subscribe to or believe in the slightest, but I have a theory that <laughs> artists don't get any worse and that the records that Neil Young makes today are as good as the ones he made in the early 70s and R.E.M. are as good now as they were when they made Green. My theory is it's all about us and that we change and our expectations change and the things we found interesting and exciting first time around we don't feel anymore because we've heard it all before. Well, I can surely turn that very well-expressed theory on its head by saying that if that were true, a whole new generation of us would feel as strongly as about R.E.M.'s most recent outing as we did about the great records they made when they were 24. Maybe they which do. I don't th- do you think they do? I don't know. See, I'm not sure that's the case. Partly because it's hard for somebody of 24 to be relating to people their age and feeling that those people are in any way holding up a mirror to their own lives, etc. I don't know, but there are very few indications that people can, can get it back again. Leonard Cohen, I think, has written some songs as good as the songs he wrote when he was... He was really old when he started, wasn't he, Leonard Cohen? First was 32 was his first album, really, really, well. really old. He's an old belted car coat. You remember? <laughs> it's like an old man. <laughs> you have been listening to the free feed of the Word podcast. The full album-length version is only available to subscribers to the magazine. To sign up and to hear the rest of this podcast, go to www.wordpodcast.co.uk Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.